Hello and welcome back to the 12th episode of Panemius Within, a big yashakayach to my brother-in-law Yoina, who keeps pushing me and making sure that I uh, continue doing this, even though I very much want to do it, but I definitely appreciate the um, the additional pressure, which makes sure that I actually come out and do it. So around Elul time, everyone always relates from Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, who said, that in the old days, the people, even the fish, would tremble when they said Reish Chedesh El. Nowadays, we don't tremble. And I always thought that was funny because when I hear Reish Chedesh El, <laughs> I think many people tremble. When they hear Reish Chedesh El, many people tremble. Uh, just it happens to be not for the same reasons. Uh, if you're a good Litvak, uh, we tremble because, you know, El time, Yom Nerayim, is a time filled with uh, pressure. Uh, there's a lot of guilt and uh, even some and even some despair. Um, and it actually gets harder as you get older in many ways, because when you're a bacher, you're convinced that this is the year that you will taka become Rav Shach. This is it, you're finally gonna do it. And not only that, in fact, change comes uh, much easier uh, when, a, when a person's a bacher, a person's maturing, and a person's trajectory from, from ninth grade to third year base matters is often much more, much more an extreme an extreme upward angle uh, than happens later in life. But when you get older and you say, okay, when I was a Bachar, I thought I would change, but now I've been 10 years, you know, I'm 30 years old, and I've seen what's been going on for the past years, and every Rosh Hashanah, I've had, you know, inspiration, and I thought I wanted to do better, and it hasn't been working. And you start to, you know, become a little bit... Uh, a little bit despairing of your ability ability to change. You you might think you're becoming realistic. I don't know whatever it is. It's definitely a become can become harder as you get older. Now, it's pretty ironic though that those are the feelings that we have because, you know, forget about you know contemporary speakers who try to pump us up about Rosh Hashanah and our and our matziv and our positive. We should have positive feelings and a positive relationship with it. You look at the Bali Moser and the Bali Moser. But you'd think that, you know, the one place that would be the heaviest mustard we run, Yom Narayim, and the scariest stuff, you see messages that you would be forgiven for thinking that they're coming from your 10th grade Rebbe who's trying to make you feel a little bit better. Um, you can look at Rabbi Yisrael Salanter talks about, about how we're held most responsible for the things that are easiest to change and about how a person who, who's on the path to doing tshuva is really already, he's an Isa tshuva, a person who accepts it upon himself to learn mustard, he's already an Isa tshuva because he's on the path. And there's a wonderful mushal that says that the person who's on the path, let's say a person is driving from uh, New York to LA, the person who's an hour out of New York can be closer to the person who's two hours away from LA if he's on the right direction towards LA and the other person's going the wrong direction. It's all about the direction. There's the mice we set over from Chatzkel Sarna when he was in, um, he said over to Shlema Hoffman, he said, Why are you so depressed around Yam Narayim? And he said, What do you mean? The Rambam says that it's not true as Ivas until you know for sure you're never going to do it again. And Rav Chatzkel yelled at him. He said, who said we paskin like the Rambam? We paskin, we have Maser from the from Rabbi Yisrael Salanta. We paskin like Rabbi Yoyinu says that a person who's just heading in the right path, he's already a Balchuba. Um And Revolba, if you look at his 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 his, his piece in Yom Narayim and Chilak Aleph, Mandalid, he, he starts off bringing the Gemara by Yishmal that says that a person is only done by Sherhu Sham. He's not down in the Asid, and he brings from Rabbeinu Hananel, who says that, who brings from the Yushalmi that says, not only we're not judged on the Asid, we're not even judged on the Avar, and it's all about the Haiva of Rosh Hashanah and the Kirvis, like that we experience in Rosh Hashanah. So 
the question is, why, in spite of all these very heartening ideas, are we still filled with despair when these times come around? And don't confuse yourself and think that despair means you're walking around Tzibrach. Despair can manifest itself as a person just not wanting to think about Yom Narayim, but not wanting to think about El, but not wanting to think about changing himself, and just kind of secretly in his heart of hearts just wanting to get it over with um, in one way or another if he's being honest with himself. That, that's also a uh, an outcome of despair. So the question is, why, in spite of all these very heartening messages, now it could be is we just don't believe these heartening messages. These heartening messages are not the ones that we grew up with or whatever it is, and we simply don't believe them enough. That's very possible. Another thing to think about, besides being misplaced on these ideas and trying to truly believe them, is let's analyze despair for a second. What is the metzius of despair? What is the uh, the makeup of despair? Despair, at least in this sense, is that you have the there's an, uh, something that's required of you. You have a task to fulfill. You have something that you feel obligated to do, but you simply don't have the capability to do it, and that is a terrible feeling. I know I have to do this. I can't. I am filled with despair. There's nothing I can do about the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. So it could be, you know, comes Yom Narayim, all these heartening messages aside, something's still demanded of us. We know we're still supposed to be doing something. It's not meant to remove everything. Um, even if we want to focus, you know, on, on the present, we know that we can't just have this idea of Rosh Hashanah. We think we're going to focus on Rosh Hashanah, but we know exactly what we're going to be doing the next day and going right back to the old stuff. That, that seems to undermine, even if even if that is true, that definitely undermines, I think most of us feel pretty dishonest, and this is where the, the problems come from, it feels like a facade. We're sitting on Rosh Hashanah, and we're thinking, oh, yeah, Shem, and we know in our heart of hearts, or not even so much for our heart of hearts, we're going right back because it's been the last 10 years and it's been the same thing. So it's it's kind of hard to have this feeling of, oh, well, I'm feeling the Kirvas Kim, and I'm sitting in the present, I just want... I'm looking at the at the matzib now, and my I'm at my peak, and here's what I want. If you're honest with yourself, it's sort of undermined by the knowledge that you felt this way before, and it hasn't seemed to result in the thing you wanted to result in it. So, you know, ten years ago, you believed yourself that this time you knew you were going to change. Now you know you're not going to change. In fact, you can't wait to get back to your guilt-free sinning that is going to come. You know, maybe not during a series to make tshuva, but. Uh, but maybe come Sukkot time, maybe a little after Sukkot. In fact, one of the one of my primary motivations for wanting to lean into Elul and focus on Elul is not having that terrible sense of guilt when a person comes Rosh Hashanah time and Aseret Shemay Tshuva and saying Avinu Malkeinu is the whole Aseret Shemay Tshuva and coming in Kippur and everyone around you crying and you feeling dead inside. So besides for the fact that you want a good din and want to do your proper Havaitis Hashem, it's a pretty miserable time. It's like a, if a person has a, a tough tish above uh, where he can't engage in the proper morning, he feels pretty bad. And that Tisha is only one day. Serves to me, Tshuva or Shani and It's 10 days of some pretty awful feelings about ourselves. So um, if you need some Shalai Lishma, there's the Shalai Lishma. So I think one way to attack this issue is to realize that we're not fully aware of our situation. When it comes to needing to change, we're not fully aware of our situation. The Torah I've said before, right? The Torah is the map of our destination, halacha. It tells us where we need to be, what we need it to be, we need to be acting like. A person's avoid this to say, okay, well, where am I relative to that? Here's the map. Here's where I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to get to this destination. Okay, well, am I 100 miles away? 
my 200 miles away? What's getting in the way? Do I have a river to cross? What are the things that are preventing me from getting there? So when we look at our Yom Narayim and our despair about changing, as I think that the despair comes from the, the, the muscle I've been using is that we feel that we have a task to get to the moon. That's our obligation. We have to get to the moon. And the problem is all we've been given a mini is a minivan. And if you have a minivan and you have to get to the moon, and if you don't get to the moon, you're a pretty bad guy. Well, that is a pretty, uh, pretty depressing situation. And of course, you're going to be filled with despair. So what's the answer? The answer is you're right. If all you have is a minivan and you need to get to the moon, you're not going to be able to get to the moon, and get to the moon in a minivan. But you know what you could do? Well, you could start driving down to Florida where they launch rockets. You could start uh, driving for Uber to make some money to build your own rocket. You, we can get creative. The problem is, is that we look at it, we say, here's the moon. Well, what's the way you get to the moon? Is it through a rocket? I don't have a rocket. Okay. Well, so then maybe your first rung of what it means to start getting to the moon is too high. Getting into a rocket, that's too high of a rung. You need to start getting creative. You need to start recognizing that going to Florida was also a step in that journey. Driving down to where Cape whatever, where they start launching rockets, that was also a step. The most obvious parallel in a person's avaida is a person says, I need to start. I need to be davening and I need to be learning. Well, what if your problem is, is that you are filled with terrible anxiety that makes it basically, as an, you're an emotional wreck most of the day, your first step may need to be to go to a therapist. Go to a therapist. How is going to a therapist and working on that and dealing with cognitive behavioral therapy? How on earth is that is that a first step towards being a better learner, a better davener? Well, the answer is, well, until you work on that, you're not going to be able to fix any of that things. Maybe you need medication. That's the most obvious parallel is, is that the first rung for you may be very different from what you consider to be the standard first rung in the step. When was the last time you evaluate or any of us evaluated our if our conception of the first rung is accurate. We have pictures from our youth, pictures from what we read. But the problem is we usually don't have an accurate picture of what the first rung is. If we did, we would slowly be growing instead of despairing. There's a Shlema Hoffman said that here, Rav Isaac Sher once asked him if he was Mekayim Avas Hashem today. And he said, Avas Hashem, of course I wasn't Mekayim Avas Hashem. It's, it's such a lofty, such a lofty thing. And Rav Isaac Sher said, you, really, you don't think that there's a place in your life in a way that there's an Avaita that's available to you today? There's no way in which you can be Mekayimit? Of course there is. Of course you're not going to be Mekayimit Bishlamis, but there's a place for you to be starting today. Revolva has in Chilak Shani, and this is tremendous, and everyone I think should look at it. In the old version, it's in Nunches um, and Nuntes. Maybe it's on a slightly, uh, it's a different page here. He goes through the 10 milas that Rabbeinu, Rabbeinu Yaina lists, and he shows how each of them are within our grasp to be working on today. And very lofty things. To be Lachas Bedarche Hashem, uh, to be his bainim godless Hashem, the milas zichrin chasod of his bainim behem, the milas ha'avayd, the shenem of ha'isei tavayd, milas ha'yira, milas ha'av. He goes through all these things and he shows how a person, even in his present situation, can be working on those today. And that is something I think it's really, it's foreign to us. We have very lofty ideals, but we've never gotten down into the nitty gritty of how, where we are on the map relative to that and what our first step could be. Um, I'm not even touching the topic of maybe the moon is not the right destination for you because that could also be something is that the destinations you have are not even the right destinations because that's something else you haven't examined in an individual level enough. So the first rung may be, a, may be lower than we think. It may be in a different direction. Someone told me that they know that what's going to really change their life 
is going, if they were more consistent by eating three meals a day, they'll be a better father. They'll be better in yeshiva. So, so do that is your avoidant. The problem is that doesn't feel like proper avoidant. That's not getting me any closer. That doesn't seem like the right thing. That could be a complete game changer. A person who works on his, obviously we're talking about me, this a person who works on his self-esteem. Well, think about it. how do you feel when you feel good about yourself? How much better is your rest of your day? How much better is your avoid in general? There are things that we don't consider to be the first rungs, but really may be um, the first rung. So I want to give a practical example and a, a, a of a lower rung. And it's a, I consider a Pesach Tikva that I found in Revolba that helps with, um, you know, and Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, when we feel we don't know where to start, we don't even have a first rung to start with because everything seems so out of our reach. A person sits and feels on Rosh Hashanah, he knows these Averas that he's not going to stop. Now, it may be even appropriate, and all he has to tell himself, that's above my Nikudah Sabachir, but it's very hard um, to try to feel close to Hashem when you know you're going back to certain things. So where can you attack something when you know you can't really attack it? So he's talking about Yom Kippur, and he says that... Yom Kippur is a, a, is a peladic a day that the Kedusha Sayyim is so elevated that it destroys all the Chatayim and the Avainis and Pasha in us if the person just wants it with all his heart. And he says, even with the Chatayim, Afilu b'chatayim sh'atayim ve'in He said, even with the, with the, with the Chatayim, that a person, it's so, it's such a great taiva, such a great taiva, these taivas, that he can't, it's impossible for him not to be in his ava for. What could he do? He should come to Haskama Gemura in his heart that Hashem is going to save him from it, and that Hashem will remove the taiva from his midst, and that he should rejoice over that and not be in his avel, and not mourn that the taiva is lost from him. And I looked at that piece and I said, there's a place to sink your teeth into. There's an avayda that a person can seek his teeth into. So you have this thing, it's completely beyond you. It's completely beyond you. you know, a person has an attractive coworker they're working with, and they know that they cannot, that they're going to uh, you know, behave in ways that they shouldn't behave, and it's impossible for them. And they're, and they're feeling a complete yish and yim kipper, who am I fooling, who am I fooling? Well, you know what you could do? You can start davening for help. You can ask Hashem for help, and not only that, you can start working and say, if I had a switch in front of me, would I turn that switch and take away this type? If I had a switch to, that I could transfer this coworker to a different business, a different part of the business, would I flip that switch? And even if I would flip that switch, would I be happy about it? Would I be sad about it? You, it's somewhere to start. There's a run to start. Hashem, I don't know how I can fix this at all, but I can ask you to help me, and I can and I can try to get myself in a matzah where I, where I want you to help me. I'm happy about the fact that I'm asking you for help. That's a place to start. Uh, to me, it's a Pesach Tikva Mamesh. It's a, it's, a, it's a hopeful place. There's places that are way beyond us. So where do we start? I don't know where to start in the actual, uh, uh, actual midst of the actual Avaidah itself, but I can start by asking for help and being happy about it. That, to me, is an incredibly practical idea of a first rung, of a place that we don't usually think. We need to go deeper and lower and try to believe um, and try to find places that we can we can access, we can feel like we've gotten on the highway, an access ramp. We need a good access ramp. There's so much more to discuss here, obviously, because changing a human being, changing ourselves is literally what we're here for. And it's the heart of everything. And it requires a tremendous amount of deep uh, introspection. I'm going to leave with one question to, uh, that I was thinking about. And really, it's a, a, a part of it's a whole, no, a whole nother discussion. It's really everything. But it's something to think about and maybe to, 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 uh, to generate some of that introspection. 
What is a Kabbalah meant to accomplish? You're going to make a Kabbalah. People want to make Kabbalahs. What are they meant to accomplish? That's it. That's the question. What is a Kabbalah meant to accomplish? Think about it. Those of you who have my phone number, I don't think there's anyone who listens to this who doesn't. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. I have my own thoughts and maybe be the subject of a future podcast. Everyone should have a Ksiva v'chasimah taiva.